0: You are locked on Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Today's show is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV Stream uh, Max. If you like me, you've got the tablet to watch game one night. You got the TV on something else. Get the phone on something else. Get the computer on something else. No need for that anymore. You can get your TV together today with Direct TV Stream. Uh, all you have to do is just go to directtv.com. There is no annual contract. You get all of your favorites on the same device right now. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so... Um, I'm touching the lockout a little bit, so let's talk about Max Scherzer uh, and how you're feeling now. And my big thing is this. Look, Nats fans, it's going to suck to see him in a Nats jersey. It is. I understand that. But when he comes to Nats Park in that first week, you know, obviously barring injury, but uh, he deserves to be cheered wildly. And then you can jeer him and whatever once the game begins. But first, you know, as as you were rooting against him because he's playing for the Mets. But when he returns... He has to get the claps because he had to take that contract. I don't think Max likes playing for the Mets. I mean, I don't think this is something where he's like, "Thank God," but he had to take that contract. He is a union member, and he set a he set a standard. That is the richest contract for somebody his age ever. That is important to do because what does it do? It sets a precedent, and hopefully, guys like him down the line, you know, maybe Walker Bueller, right? Maybe just think of any good uh, any of the Brewers' young guns. Uh, Jacob deGrand, maybe, even two, guys in the pitch with now, right? Maybe when they hit that age and they're still performing well, they they can say, Max got that money, so why can't I? It's important that he did that. Now, it's not gonna make that any easier for Nats fans, but once again, he must be cheered first, then you may jeer. That's how I feel. How do you feel?
0: I so I'm gonna a few things. One, I agree and disagree. But here's the thing. He already reset the market once when he signed up to Nats, right? At the yeah. time when he signed up to Nats, the highest pitcher paid per year was $24 million. That went up to $30 million of sugar. So he's already set the market. Did it again, right? Just did it a second time. And yeah, I I was on the same thinking, yeah, he needs to take that contract to help the market and everything. But at the same time, it's just like, but at some point, you do have to say the money doesn't matter. Look at Chris Taylor. He signed for less because he wants to save a specific team, right? And he didn't care about what we said in the market. He wanted to save the Dodgers and he got less money to save the team he wanted to. And with all the problems going on with the Mets, sometimes you might think to yourself, the money's not worth it. I don't want to be part of this dysfunction. Scherzer, on the other hand, he, wherever he goes, people listen. And he helps clean up locker rooms, right? I think for the yeah. Mets, is a great signing. Way too much money to be paying for a guy by who's going to be 40-41 by the contract of story It's worth it. If Scherzer helps completely change their image, which has been terrible for the last 20 years or so, the whole Sandy Alderson era, if Scherzer can go in there, make the Mets what they used to be right during the 2000 season, the 80s, and make them good again, not just on the field, but off the field, in the dugout, clean up, all that stuff, then yeah, money well spent. Uh, I didn't boo for Bryce Harper like everyone else did. Uh, I love that guy. Still love that guy. I still think it's done. We didn't re-sign him. My thoughts stay with Scherzer. I'm not going to boo him. But I had tweets from this on tech account. I literally said, Are people really turning on Scherzer? I had so many people respond. It was split. So many people were like, Oh, we're not going to turn on Scherzer. This is a dumb tweet. And then I'm like, Oh, read the responses. Because everyone else would be like, Yeah, I'm turning on Scherzer. F that guy. Like he signed with the Mets. Like, why would he do that? Like, he turned his back on baseball. I'm like, Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's, this
1: is not personal. It's business, man. mm -hmm. This is this is business. This is a transaction.
0: I, I know how they feel. I wrote an article about my feelings on the shoes signing, right? And in it, I literally related. Star Wars, episode three. Oh, we won Thursday Anakin very end, right? He goes, You were supposed to uh destroy the Sith, not join him. That's how Nats feels Nats fans feel right now with him going to the Mets. They're like, You're not supposed to do that, but he did it, and now we have to get over it.
1: But here's the thing, because I get that, but like they didn't they the Nats won a championship. Mm-hmm, and, I agree. and the Mets have new ownership and they're willing to pay him a lot of money. And here's the thing <laughs> that contract might just be opposite. Ob- I mean, to a guy like Steve Cohen, that money probably doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter at all to him. So for it's funny money. Like, I mean, it might be end up being a bad and bad investment depending on his performance. But I think the one thing for the Mets too, is they had to get a guy who's in there and I don't mean to call him innings eater, but like the one thing Max says is dependable. That is a problem for the Mets. Think about the number of injuries they had to guys at the top of the rotation. DeGrom, Syndergaard, Matts when he was there. Strowman
0: went down. No, no, Strowman uh, was healthy. Stroman,
1: well, Str- that's why they had to keep Strowman back because Strowman was so solid for them last year. And then
0: Carrasco and, got hurt. And, uh, Ty- Taiwan got o- yeah, overworked.
1: Yeah, Carrasco wasn't available. Now, one thing was Max did complain about some dead arm, I think.
0: At the, the playoffs. The
1: back in with the Dodgers. Was that somebody else?
0: No, no. That's why he didn't pitch uh, – he missed right. his last start of the and playoffs. He was a little upset. Know, he yeah. was a little
1: upset with how the Dodgers worked him. I, I think that I think he had mentioned that.
0: He um, so people don't realize how Max works, right? His comments were they didn't pitch him enough, and everyone was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." But you got. Oh think no, about I know.
1: I understand that means. Yeah,
0: I know you do, but you got to think about you. He has right. to get. Amped up and they didn't amp them up, and then all of a sudden they're just letting him pitch as much as possible. That doesn't work like that. It wasn't right. overuse. It was he got tired because, oh, I'm cramping up because I'm not used to doing this. But with the Nats 2019 run, that dude pitched. You give him the ball, he goes out, and then he's there three days later. Like they he had know a minor injury it.
1: last year, To uh, last year at the beginning, but like the guy still same. almost went 200 innings, right? Yeah. And he was hamstring. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is they need a guy who's a horse. Now at 37, you know. He's he he's weird, man. Because physically, like he is, looks like he's like strong as an ox, right? Mm -hmm. He's one of those guys. Like I don't know if he's gonna wear down. Like he he kind of has. I know Big Ben's bad towards the end here, but like pitching's a little bit different. But like he's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger. Like he might just be able to keep throwing five thousand yards every season. You know what I mean? And just you know, and and just keep kind of churning out. Now I'm not saying it's gonna be a Cy Young caliber season, but the, the Mets don't need that. They need just a solid guy to, like, pitch every fifth day and be good. And, I mean, Max, at this point, also, too, I, I think he's going to – he he's did a better job last year adapting. Now, mm-hmm. now that 2020 season? He was doing a whole lot of um, challenge fastballs, third time around the order. Uh, you know, like, there were a couple starts to 2020 season where it was late in the start, and he was really getting tagged. And he did a better job, uh, I thought, last year of managing this, those kinds of situations, uh, except for a couple times. But – you know, he's a smart pitcher. And, and that's the thing is, you know, the big question is will Max continue to learn the way he has in the past as he gets older and what does his stuff look like as he's learning?
0: And that's something that's important because out of the Nats, the Mets and the Dodgers, who would you say is the best position coaches?
1: The best positional coaching?
0: Yeah, the Dodgers, probably, right?
1: Probably, yeah, the Dodgers, yes. They're the best at everything. Yes.
0: So <laughs> look at that. He goes he struggles in 2020, goes to the Dodgers, they help get him right again, right? Because if you look at it he had a uh with the Dodgers last year 198 use with a 246 but he had 276 ERA with the Nats and his e- his uh, fit with them was a 360 and that dropped to 196 with the Dodgers so the Dodgers whatever they did the the 70 innings with him they really fixed him right so but the Mets don't have the same positional coaches right and you're going to have to hope that the Mets position coaches can help continue Scherzer on the trend that the Dodgers had and not go back to the trend that he was on with the Nats position of coaches. Granted, Scherzer might already just know what to do because he was with them, but do you, know, do you see where like I'm coming from? Like that yes. yeah, is yeah, something yeah. to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's gonna be fine. I mean, you know, I, obviously I'm not a soothsayer and I don't know you know, pitching is like just such it's such an art form, right? And there's mm-hmm. so much exactly science that goes into it, the fact that it's not a natural motion. But, like, I understand why the Mets are giving him that. It's a huge overpay. It's going to be really interesting to see him in a Mets jersey. Um, and, look, I mean, the Mets are going for it. Like, they're, yeah. I mean, they're really going – they don't have a manager yet. But that doesn't even matter for him, right? I mean, at, your job as a starting pitcher is to go out there every fifth day. and Unless, it's like, Dave Martinez is leaving you out to dry, uh, you know, or your Gabe Kapler. But, like, generally speaking – and also, these guys – the managers now aren't getting the card. You know, the, the card's kind of taken out a lot of their hands, right? Um, Kevin Cash, when he pulled you – know, Kevin Cash took a lot of heat for pulling Blake Snell. Remember that? In the world's, obviously, I'm sure he did, but in the World Series game. Yeah. But, like, was that a Kevin Cash decision? No.
0: No, it was the analytic no. nerds upstairs.
1: But but in those – so that's, that's the thing is, like, what is the approach going to be? And, you know, and that's why, I, I, that's why it's really interesting now, Max, about got, these guys signing – because coaching can matter in other sports about, you know, about where you sign and whatnot. Baseball, it really doesn't matter. Like the, the Mets just signed four big players and kind of we'll transition now to talking about the Nets. Like coaching is not as important anymore as it you know once was maybe, you know, the fact that the guy's coaching every 162 games, 162 games is a bunch, but it doesn't really matter as much anymore. Does it?
0: I think, I mean, the only, yeah, it matters regarding the bullpen, because that's going to make or break your games, but that's completely different. I think nowadays – Right. That, really, that's where but even that part, comes, they, they kind of yeah, tell you what to do there too. It comes down to the positional coaching, in my opinion. I think that's the most important now. Like look at the Giants. 2020 when they get Kapler and he signed the two former players, that weren't even 40 yet, right? You mm-hmm. got these young positional coaches, and then they, he they were instrumental in the Giants' rotation becoming top five this year with a bunch of, Veterans and right. the offense with a bunch of old, uh, old core and bunch of no names. Like no one knew who Lamont uh, Lamont Wade Jr. was, except for Maryland fans. I didn't know Darren year. Ruff was
1: still in baseball. I didn't know yeah, Darren I Ruff was still playing.
0: I didn't know he was back. Right, and those positional coaches were humongous. And nowadays, in my opinion, you get your, you nail your position coaches. You're going to nail like getting the most out of these players. Like, mm. yeah, it helps when you have your superstars when you have Lamont and Wade Jr. hitting all those walk-offs because of your position coach, right, your hitting coach, and you have Kevin Gosman, who was supposed to be the guy at the Orioles, and he wasn't. He was supposed to be the guy at the Reds. And he wasn't. Brave, same thing. All of a sudden, at fourth team, you get, you lead Gosman to get a $100 million contract. Yeah, you're doing something right. So nowadays, you nail your position coaches, and you're going to have a lot of success.
1: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the nat- what the Nationals can do this offseason. First, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com. That is built.com to check out what is available there right now. Bunch of flavors this holiday season. It's a great substitute for a dessert. If you're trying to lose weight this holiday season, these are delicious. They taste just like desserts, but they're actually good for you. Uh, you know, Low sugar, low carb, high in protein. I and mean, you can have a Built Bar and go for a workout, go for a run right after. Uh, you can't say that about a piece of pie or about a brownie or something like that. That's why Built Bar is great. It's good as a dessert. It's good as a pre-workout, post-workout. And you also go check out their Built Go and Built Boost as well. Go to built.com today. It's built.com to check all that out. All right, Max. So, um, you know, Cesar Hernandez is, is a national now. Mm-hmm. And look, I, so he's one of those guys. That's a Mike Rizzo guy right there. The, this is the question. And you and I have discussed this at third base with one, Esdrubal Cabrera. What we don't need watching this season is Hernandez to take a bunch of reps away from Luis Garcia, right? Remember that 2020 season, it was a short one, the 60 games, but we were told on opening day who was going to be the, the third baseman, Carter Kieboom.
0: And who wasn't? Right?
1: And who and who was it? It was Estrubel Cabrera, right? That is what I'm a little afraid of happening here, but I think that was a really good signing. It's a bargain signing. He had a tough year last year, but he's like a really he's a decent hitter, man, and that's just one of those guys it's a veteran that you can fill in. And they need depth at middle infield. I don't believe they're bringing Jordy Mercer back. So they do need some help there in the middle infield. The shortstop depth, I mean, their shortstop depth is basically just um yeah, he Escobar. plays a, uh, Escobar. That's it. Um so you know, let's just start there. I, I was I was fine. I think it's one of those good signings to get a veteran to have. Those young bucks in the, in the infield need some help. They just don't need it in front of them, <laughs> playing ahead of them. Uh, you seem you seem uh, vexed. You seem upset. I mean, I
0: was man because I convinced myself that the Nats weren't going to make a big signing this year, and then I saw the free agent class, and I was just like, oh my no. god, they, I, they're not going to, but I like it. And then I was dumb, and I started listening to Nats Twitter and the beat reporters and Nats Twitter, and I got in my head, I was like, maybe we could splurge a little bit, and then no. I have no problem going after Cesar. I'm upset that that was our very first move.
1: The very first move, move was bringing City's Escobar. That All right,
0: was their first sorry. Move. Very first move to bringing and me a guy
1: named Lucius Fox. I didn't know that he was existed.
0: Awesome. Batman. I didn't either. So Batman, he must Batman.
1: be named after Lucius Fox from Batman, right? I mean, he's got to um, be.
0: But you bring in Cesar, right? Which is fine. But I was mad because they ignored the bullpen. You have so many guys out there that that yeah. could have helped the bullpen. Your problem. Your disaster. The thing that has plagued you. For years. And the only way you got over it was by ignoring it. And that's not going to work again. Because look at Corbin. His arm is still not the same ever since what happened, right? So go after the bullpen. Aaron Loop is off the market. Emi Garcia that was off the market. Though. That was, was never
1: happening, though. I know it wasn't. I know yeah, the Mets it wasn't. Could, the, the, the Nats could never front that kind of money. That's not. That's not but
0: a- the problem I bring up Aaron Loop is I told you last year after his World Series run, I wanted to sign him. And they didn't. They splurged on Brad Hand, and the Mets got him for, I want to say, $2 million, For $2 million, and we signed Brad Hand for ten. And because of that, when we had a chance at Aaron Loop, he just got paid. Still mad about that. But we had a chance at Yimi Garcia, right? You don't really have to splurge as much for him. There's a few other relievers that are off the market, some relievers being traded. And the Nats are just like, yeah, no, we're going to ignore our biggest hole and go and sign a guy to block one of our building blocks. That's what upset me.
1: So, you know, this is this is one of those things where, look, I, I think they got to use some guys internally to help bolster this thing. Um, to me, Seth Romero has got to be in the bullpen next year. I don't think, think there's so? any – I think he's got to be. Because what what else are you going to do? I mean, did you, nah, was what shame. else are you going to do? They blew this, this, 42 not, leads
0: this year. He has nothing and, else to prove at uh, AAA.
1: You know, yeah, it's, it's like and, – and here's the thing. What, what would you, as a Nationals fan, would you rather see Wander Suero come back? No, I've had enough. I've seen it. I know what Wander Suero is. You should bring, like, you've got these guys in the, in the system. Mm-hmm. Seth Romero could be a starting pitcher. Um, hell, they might even need him in that position, right, because of this, the, the starting pitching. We'll get to that in just, in just a touch here. But you're right about the reliever thing. But going and signing those big guys, like they need the guys like those Finnegans of the world, right? They need to hit on, they need to hit on some guys uh, like Chris Flexen, you know. Well, Chris Flexen, Paul Seawald is who I mean, former Matt yeah. Paul Seawald. They need guys like that, and because here's the thing, Kyle Finnegan is a really good, really good seventh inning guy or eighth inning guy, if you want to. Mason Thompson's in that mix too. They need somebody who can close games. Maybe you try. I don't think you should try Seth Romero out there. Maybe try Mason Thompson there. I don't think you should either, because I don't think his pit repertoire is good enough yet. But like <laughs> that is the one place I think where it's they I'm um, once again, I'm a proponent of get of using guys wherever they need to be. But it's clear Finnegan's not as good as a closer. And Romero probably not ready yet. And also Mason Thompson probably not ready yet, right? To be that final inning guy. So yeah, you should go out and get somebody, but not not put yourself at too much risk financially. But they, they do need somebody in the ninth inning just because of how bad they've been closing out games. Um, and they, they have some nice pieces. They also probably need a lefty, too, as well. They so they the f- probably
0: four probably need relievers – I agree we need a lefty because – Badly. I, Same don't, play, I don't, we, don't know if it will work out. Nope. So the four relievers I want us to sign this offseason, three of them are off the board. I wanted Aaron Loop, Mark Melanson, Daniel Hudson, and Craig Stanley. All veterans. Loop of the four is going to be the most expensive, right? You can throw them out the window, but the other three, they don't even have to close. They bolster your bullpen and they make it better where it was. Yeah, Daniel Hudson was bad with the Padres, but look at his numbers with the Nats. He his best pitching of his career has been at Nats Park. He just finds another tune with them, right? Craig Sammy was amazing with the Nats for his career, but like he got run out of town and they let him go. And yeah, he struggled here and there, but if you look at his numbers, he was pretty decent and. That's spark Mark Melanson still pitching at a very high level for a reliever at his age. Right. And I, he didn't even sign for that much money. You have the chance to bolster it. Like just get these veterans in there. Right. And then yeah. I would have liked, uh, if they're not going to do that. So I'm with you, please give Gabe Sitson a chance. Please, please, please bring. Yeah, Gabe He, he was back not up.
1: great to start off, but he's got to learn how to pitch at the major league level. That's a big thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, give him a chance. Uh, Jonah, don't the, the rotation's getting kind of full of a bunch of people trying out, right? Throw him in the bullpen, yeah. let him give a chance. Uh, please get Fetty out of the rotation, please put him into the bullpen at this point. Well,
1: well he was supposed to be there. That's the, that's the problem, is you know, they do need to start being a little bit more active in that starting pitcher market. And Let's get to that because, um, this. It it could end up being a disaster again because Strasbourg, I I mean it's not dependable. It's not a situation nope. where you think it can come back. And look, nobody can see this coming. It'll be it'll go down as a bad contract, but how are you supposed to know? Right? How are you supposed to know about this at the time? Patrick Corbin, it's only you can only go up, right? You can only go up from what happened last year. Does not mean he's gonna be good next season. Um, Joe Ross coming off injury. Eric Fetty's still there. Uh Josh Rogers threw like Six games, seven games. Was it even that last year? Right. I don't how know, but he
0: was he was fun.
1: Very good. It was fun. We enjoyed it, but like that's not sustainable, right?
0: Six starts. So thirty-five. Six.
1: Two- there you go. So they do have to make a couple moves here. This is not meaning I, I do not expect Kevin Gosman to be in the Nationals. Um, a guy for one or two years, but then this this principle applies to the rest of the team. I'm not sure how you feel about this. I do think they should sign a couple guys, the right kinds of players that are like guys that could be a part of a core later on. So much like how you want Josh to be able to get an extension, which I agree with, they should sign players to those kinds of contracts, right? We're not trying to compete right now, but we've got you under contract in a couple of years when we might want to compete, right? Nothing too big, not, not, not some massive contract. extension. But I'll give you an example. Like, I know Starwood Marte was really sought after, but a player with that kind of length, right? You're signing him. You might not be great next year, but in two years, you're glad you have them under contract, right? You could be a part of whatever winning formula you got going there. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, I think, got three years, I want to say. That kind of player, right? Hey, we're mm-hmm. not going to win right now, but it's good to have you. You're a veteran. And in a year or so, we're trying to compete. Nice to have. Do you agree with that premise? Maybe not just one-year deals, or would you say all one-year deals, and then we'll see which part of this core right now can stick, sign a couple of extensions if some of the guys do, and make some uh, acquisitions in the offseason?
0: I agree because, in my opinion, that pitching prospect depth, they're getting there, man. They're going to be ready. Like Cavalli is going to start at AAA unless he, unless he makes significant strides during the offseason and at spring training and wows people. If he does, then good for him. Throw him into the rotation. But as of now, AAA. Give him a little bit more experience, then he'll be ready. I do want to see him in the rotation at some point before the season ends. Cole Henry, battled Injuries. Then he showed what he could do at uh, Arizona Fall League. He finished second in strikeouts, right? Jackson Rutledge struggled because of injuries, but in his last outing, he played in that championship Arizona Fall League game, uh, three and two-thirds, seven strikeouts, including four in a row to start the game, or to start his outing. So these guys are getting there. They're getting close. I think they're two years away matching the proposed two- to three-year timetable that you just gave.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the key, right? Is how do you mix in those guys with, you know, the people you're signing now Cesar Hernandez gives you a good year. Maybe give him another year, you know, on, on top of that. Uh, I do think Josh Bell needs to get extended. They do need to kind of give him at least two years. Right. And it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: time to get the, now, maybe they don't want to commit to anybody because I mean, yeah, that's, that's they're trying to, you know, restructure things, but they need to start considering how to make moves and what it looks like in the future. Cause you know this. You can't acquire all of your guys to make a playoff push, push at once. At one time, right? That that's true. Now that being said, Juan Soto is so damn good that we saw. I mean, Max, I'm not sure how you felt, but towards the back end of the season, like I was not watching Nats games being like this lineup is the problem. It wasn't. I no. And so that, that's. And a lot of that's attributed. I mean, how good is Juan Soto? It's not that hard to build a good lineup around him. It's not. That's why they should not have traded – once again, they should not have traded Trey Turner. If you have those two guys, it's not hard to build a really good lineup around two guys like that. It really isn't. That's why they never should have traded them. But still, you've got Juan Soto. It's not that hard to build a good lineup around him.
0: Um, keep in mind, yeah, the, the young guys dealt with growing pains at times, right? I'm bringing up fan right now because there's some stats I want to read you from August 1 to the end of the season. The Nats, I believe, were like fourth or fifth in the NL and batting average and on base percentage. A lot I helps has to do with Soto, right? But they were getting on base. Ruiz, when he came up, was getting on base. Uh, struggle last lane month. Lane Thomas getting on base. You got the Lane train, right? He L, was. How season?
1: season?
0: The Lane train. Lane Thomas. Mm-hmm. So um, let me bring up the stats, but. I, you're right. The only thing they need to improve is hitting with runners in scoring position, which hopefully the new hitting coach can right. change that. Now they, like, do, need some, they do need some fast, level, level, they do need some major league level. They
1: need some proven major league. They, they do need some proven major league talent right now to help them out. I you know. I mean, in the future they will, uh, because there's you know it's it's not likely that Keyboom and Lane Thomas and Victor Robles and Luis Garcia. And Carter Keyboom and Andrew Stevenson all end up being really good, right? That it's mm-hmm. it's not usually it's just not how, how this thing works. So you're gonna have to find some other guys to take out, you know, the ones that that, that, that don't play well. But you know, as as that yeah, the, the whole thing, first they have to address the bullpen. And the problem is bullpen's can be year-to-year things, but like they just need stable players in there. Because to me, last year, Max, the problem was they didn't have enough major league quality players in their bullpen, I thought, and guys were all – Now, that's what happens when you gut the team. But, like, I guess you could evaluate the team regardless of that. But, like, if you want to start building something that involves some winning, that's where it starts. And then signing – making the right kind of signings at a time like this is important. The right kind of vets to help this young group figure out which guys are going to be around and which ones aren't.
0: I agree. Uh, fangrass isn't working right now. I kept freezing my computer, so I can't pull it up. But, but the, look, Everybody
1: who watched knows the offense was in the yeah. problem later
0: on. Uh, to what you said, they've, that's, they've drafted some guys in the last few years, right, to be relievers like because that's what teams are doing more now. They're not drafting starting pitchers that they don't become a starter that's in the bullpen. Uh, two years ago, they drafted the guy out of UCLA. Uh, no, not UCLA, sorry. They drafted a closer in the 2020 draft. I'm trying to remember his name. And we haven't heard much of him. And then you got uh, Matt Cronin that they're to grooming to be the closer of the future. You got Klobositz who's going to get another chance. But they have some guys in the bowl, in the minors that they're testing out to be relievers. And then you got the guy that they got for the Schwerber trade. I want to say his name's Carrillo. It might be yeah, it's um,
1: it's Gerardo Carrillo.
0: Yeah. So and, he
1: should, and he's projected to be up next year, I believe, and he's twenty-three.
0: They got some guys that they've. But drastic. you have to
1: mix in—you have to mix in some some older guys, right? Some some stable Agreed. hands. Uh-huh. To, to, but that, that, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I think infiltrate that bullpen with younger guys, and put a couple vets around them, and, and see uh, see how they do. Um, I'm really curious to see what happens to Tanner Rainey. I think that's the big wild card. They, they've got to ex- they got to bring him back first. But I mean, I think they bring him back. That, that's something that's gonna be really interesting to watch. Um, what is one signing as we wrap up here? What is one signing off the top of your head you'd like to see them make?
0: You can call me crazy, but I really I think they need to get one bat. They don't need to splurge and throw out all the money that the other teams are getting. But get a bat just to show Soto that you're committed, right? Because you have all those comments saying he doesn't want to sign until he sees their plans, see they're committed, yada, yada, yada. Who did he get along well, great with? Kyle Schwarber.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's weird we haven't heard Schwarber's name at all in those talks. So surprised to see so many guys sign as fast as they did, but I think Schwarber's a great guy to bring back. I, I think it made, it made way too much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he liked playing in D.C. For, you know, you know, the fan base
0: loves him. Yeah. Soto loves him. Josh Bell loved hitting behind him. Yeah, and that's protection,
1: Soto. man. That That mm-hmm. is protection right there. Like that. Once again, you and I mentioned this so much. It was good luck getting through Schwarber, Turner, and Soto cleanly multiple times in a game. Sorry, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it.
0: No, And, and then, even if
1: you still have two of those three guys, you're still in good
0: shape. Mm-hmm. And then um, Josh Bell is finally hitting like he was doing in 2019. And remember, we traded him away, meaning he wasn't eligible to sign a qualifying offer, so you don't forfeit a draft pick by signing him compared to some of the other big bats available on the market.
1: That's why they got to get th- those extra years and they extend him. Look, Josh mm-hmm. Bell's not going to be overly expensive right now. He's not. I, I don't, like I, 10 I, I don't a year. believe so.
0: You can get him for like ten a year right now. Twelve, like ten to twelve in the range, which is perfect for two. I team think twenty eight, right? To,
1: I mean, yeah, you 20, give him three years.
0: Twenty twenty-nine, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause he's a power hitting first baseman. Like at mm-hmm. thirty-two, Josh Bell is not going to be like declining, you know, uh, at, at any point in time. you're not you're not paying him to to be like at the first baseman, you know what I'm saying? You are using I mean, that platoon at first base was effective, you know. The the playing Zim and playing um bell and then having zim dh you know th- that was effective that that's a good veteran tandem that's the kind of stuff you need they should reinvest in that uh, all right max what are you working on right now um uh, as we speak currently for so that's district the comeback? hard
0: part just trying to find some stuff to you know with the lockout and everything just writing right. some some articles about uh guys we think we should f- uh, focus on once the lockout ends Uh, And then just some other stuff, like looking back at certain key parts of Nats history.
1: Awesome, man. Max Raymond, District on Deck. Appreciate your time.
0: Thanks.